Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. A couple of people have written to me to remind me that in my first podcast of 2020, I said, who knows what 2020 will bring? It's astounding to think that this ghastly year is coming to a close. But we're pilgrims. Remember last week, Ricardo Moretti's poem, The Camino? It wasn't without its ups and downs, and there were many. But the hard parts made easy by simple pilgrim smiles and the beauty of life. Pilgrims see the beauty in life. So I thought I'd just jot down some things I've noticed over the last six months. We all now realise how much the Camino means to us. By not being able to travel, particularly here in Australia, we felt an even greater luring to pilgrimage. I think we've seen a greater community spirit. We've reached out to our neighbours more. And the footage of people dancing on their balconies to a musician in an apartment block, it's fantastic. We felt part of our neck of the woods. We've made more contact with family and friends. It's a blessing in so many ways. We now have a greater appreciation for essential workers, seeing people standing in their driveways applauding nurses and doctors and paramedics and police. It's a wonderful acknowledgement of their bravery, their selflessness and their never-ending energy. And finally, I think many of us have taken the opportunity to have a COVID reboot, to take stock, to remember what's important in our lives and to maybe focus more on what's important as opposed to what we're told should be important. To live simply, to be more humble, like a pilgrim. And I spoke a month ago with Margaret and Rowan Boutel from the Blue Mountains an hour outside of Sydney. We spoke in the heart of Sydney, a stone's throw from St James's Station, St. James's Cathedral is across Hyde Park. We went to look at a sculpture, a reclining statue, a pilgrim wrapped in a blanket sleeping on a bench outside the cathedral. I went back two days later. Something struck me about that pilgrim. It was then I noticed the pilgrim's feet sticking out from beneath the blanket. There were wounds where nails had hammered this pilgrim to a crucifix. The statue is homeless Jesus. Here, the ultimate pilgrim covers himself from the world outside, his head and body shielded from harm. Yet his feet tell us who he is, the very feet that carried him to this spot, this hope of respite, of calm, of love. The American evangelist and host of the Hour of Power, Robert H. Schuller, said once, let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. Let's heal together as 2020 closes. Let's focus on our hopes, not hurts, shaping our future. We'll be back on the Camino in no time. In the meantime, let's speak to someone who lives and breathes the way of St. James. Peter Thomas is an Australian pilgrim. He's on the line from Canberra, the nation's capital. Welcome, pilgrim. Hello, Dan. Thank you for this opportunity. It'll be great. Yeah, you say, uh, or you've been walking, uh, often long-distance walking, for a very long time in Australia and overseas, for over 40 years, as a venturous scout leader, a bushwalking guide, and a member of the Australian Army Reserve. What inspires you? I think it's the adventure, without a doubt. The whole idea of going out on adventure, uh, time and space, which I'll talk about later, and going out and challenging yourself and achieving, that's an inspiration. So so that's your inspiration. 
Now, you walk, uh, and when I say well, you walk a lot, I mean you walk a lot. You're always out there every weekend, most, most, most weeks. What motivates you as opposed to inspires you? The whole idea that <laughs> this is going, I, I work for the Operation Flinders Foundation, South Australia. Obviously, I haven't been over there a lot this year. Um, one thing I do, I like to stay fit. Uh, for our exercises of Operation Fitness and into the future, more Caminos. I found that the fit you are, the more you enjoy it. And I just, that's why I do it. You write a blog called Lighten the Trip Fantastic. Why, right. why Lighten the Trip Fantastic? Tell us about that. Well, the blog itself or why it's called Lighten the Trip Fantastic? Why it's called Light the Trip Fantastic. Okay, Lighten the Trip Fantastic, it's all about inspiring people to go out and do things. And the more they know about different walks around Australia and around the world, the more knowledge they have, the more comfortable they'll be about going out and doing it. So I'm actually lightening their trips, and it's fantastic. (laughs) I like that. Hey, how did you first hear about the Camino de Santiago, Peter? That is a long story. All right. Um, so I've been involved in Bushmont for a long time, but I've never done any long walks. Back in 2004, a good friend and I did the Australian Alps walking track from Wauhalla in Victoria through to Canberra. It was 720 kilometres and it took us five weeks through the Alpine wildernesses. So it wasn't anything like Camino. But it made me realise what I'm actually capable of. I expanded my horizons greatly. Uh, and time and space kicked in again, um, how to do things like that. And I was reading one of Paul Coelho's poems, Warrior of the Light, which really inspired me because it gave me the permission to be myself and not worry about. And I found it was a, um, it goes along with the, one of his books called The Alchemist. So I read that too. I thought, wow, that was great, looking for your treasure in the world. And I thought, what else have you written? And then I read The Pilgrimage, all about his walk on the Camino de Santiago back in the 1980s. And I thought, gee, that'd be really great to do, really like to do that. And a couple of years later, of course, Emilio Estevez put the way out. And I watched that and thought, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that one day. But I think in the back of my mind, I never really believed that I would actually go and do it. Until back in 2016, I was around a friend of mine's place, Leo. Leo was 70 at the time, and there was a Camino guidebook on his dining table. And I just said, oh, wow, Camino, who's doing the Camino? And he said, I am. And I said, when? He said, I don't know. And about two nanoseconds later, I said, would you like some company? And that's how it all started. Twelve months later, we're standing on the station at St. Jean-Pierre de Port. Wow, that's great. So you walked with your friend Leo. So how many Caminos have you walked now, Peter? Um, well, um, we did Francis and then Finisterre. Um, and after that, following year, Leo said, I'd like to go to Fatima. So we did the Camino de Tayo from Lisbon to Fatima. And then we just kept going. Uh, we did the Camino Portuguese Norte to Porto. And then we met up with a whole bunch of... Um, uh, Okay, it's called Nuestras Familia de Senderos, our trail family. There's a group of us that come together over the last few years, and every year we say, what are we going to do this year? And we say, oh, well. So in 2018, yeah, we decided to do the Portuguese Centro. So a group of us met up in Porto. Uh, I think there was five of us in the group, and we walked to Santiago de Compostela. 
It was great. And when we got there, Leah and I turned around and did the Camino Portuguese Costa down the coast. And that was great. Uh, last year, a couple of other Canadian friends of mine, Fred and Debbie, um, they wanted to do the Camino de Madrid and then the San, San Salvador and then the Primitivo. I said, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, but unfortunately, when we got to Sahagun at the end of the Madrid, Debbie had done her ankle in, so they pulled out. So I just kept going. I met up with another friend of mine, Jane, in Leon, and we did San Salvador together. And then when we got to Oviedo in Asturias, I met up with another friend, Kylie, and we walked to Primitivo together. And at the end of that, I did what I always do, and I had a week up my sleeve and didn't know what to do. So I thought, oh, well, I'll go and do the English. So I went and did the English way. So it's done a few. <laughs> you certainly have. Gosh, that's amazing. How? It's a difficult question to answer, but how has the Camino impacted your life, do you think? Oh, greatly. Um, definitely the physically, intellectually, socially, spiritually, emotionally, every experience you go through grows those areas of your character. And each Camino grows them more. You know, it opens your eyes to all sorts of things, different things. I must admit one of the greatest pleasures I had on the Camino was meeting all the wonderful people I've met yeah. who have become my friends and we still communicate and occasionally go on trips together. Yeah, how lovely. That's one of the great things, isn't it? The, oh, we're going to talk about that in a little while, actually, the global communal, community of pilgrims. What about being a venturous scout leader uh, is a big part of your life. As I said, you're part of the Army Reserve as well. And and part of that, I'm, I'm sure, is a role of mentoring, shaping the lives of young people. Um, <laughs> has the Camino helped in the provision of that guidance? In a different way. I'm no longer a mentor scout leader. I'm a bushwalking guide and an archery guide. Right. Um, but uh, as I said, I work for the Operation Flinders Foundation in South Australia. And we do wilderness adventure therapy exercises for youth at risk in the northern Flinders Ranges. So we go out for eight days at a time, walk 100 k's, do some abseiling, learn about Indigenous culture. And along the way, we try to show them how good they really are because they're teenagers and they've got problems. And they just need to be shown that it's okay to have problems. That's normal. So walking the Camino has definitely helped me realise that you know, you're allowed to be who you are and to accept other people as they are without judgment. It's very important, isn't it? And what a relief it can be at times, Peter, to just be who you are when nobody's going to judge you. How lovely. Yes. It yeah. is quite nice. Very liberating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if somebody uh, in your circle of friends or family or someone you meet asks about the Camino, how do you describe it? How do you explain it to someone who asks about it? Um, you can explain the physical part about, about walking 800 miles from St. Jean-Pierre de Port through to Santiago de Compostela or from Lisbon or Ferrol. You can explain the physical part about it, but the actual emotional experience of day after day um, is very hard to get through to them. Uh, I use, we use the term time and space a lot. In outdoor experiential education and in wilderness adventure therapy, time and space are our main tools. And I try to explain it to them in that way. So we've got all this time out there, but space in itself is a five-letter acronym, 
and it stands for um, S is simplicity. You mentioned simple life at the beginning. Well, the Camino is very simple. Everything you own is on your back. After about a week, all you think about is where am I going today, where am I going to sleep, what am I going to eat, and look forward to that. Um, a, sorry, P. P is purpose. So of the four great intrinsic motivators that we have as humans, having a purpose makes you go and do things. It really does. And, of course, on the Camino, every day you have a purpose. Where am I going today? And at the very end, you know where you're going to end up, and that's fantastic. A is, of course, adventure. Um, adventure is the type two fun. It's one of those funds where it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. And doing that, you realise no matter how hard things are, you know you're going to get through it. It's going to work. C is companionship. So all these great people you meet become your companions and you share those hardships together and you trust each other and you look after each other. And E is exercise. You're doing what your body is designed to do, to walk. And after about a week, you start to get really fit. And that's how that all works. Space, simple purpose, adventure, companionship, exercise. I love that. That's great. Why not get out and about and try and find yourself some space? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things I really enjoy. Having said that, it can be a double-edged sword on the Camino, though, because at the end and on your way back, you don't have it anymore. So there's a fair bit of grief and mourning involved at the end. Um, but it's one of those things where you have to really just say to yourself, be happy it happened, not more than it's over. And that works really well. Yeah. I, I, I want to get to that a little later because um, they often say that your pilgrimage begins when you leave Santiago. And certainly that's been an, it's my experience. But just before we get there, Peter, are you a religious person? No. Um, I do adventure. I'd like to think I'm spiritual. I, um, I like Taoism and Buddhism. There was a movement a while ago called the Taoism of Christ, which followed what Christ did, not what he said. And it was uh, that affected me greatly. Very much like Paul A. Noel's charismatic writing style does and how he says, you know, this, you have to do it, not just say it. Mm. <laughs> hmm. That's a very good point. I spoke earlier about a simpler life. Why do you think we yearn for a simpler life? And why do you feel the need to live more simply? It allows you to do anything. You're not tied down with many things. When I got back to my first Camino, I seriously looked around our home and thought, what don't we need? What? Why do we have this stuff? And simple, that simple life does allow you to do what you want to do, anything. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good life lesson. And no doubt you've, you've taught and mentored a lot of people uh, through the scouting movement in those life lessons. I was looking at some of the videos on your website, Lighten the Trip Fantastic. You talk about Camino Kilometres. You have a theory. Take, take us through that theory. <laughs> okay, Camino Kilometres. When you're walking a Camino, you've got a guidebook or you've got signposts and it tells you how far you've got to go. However, your perception of distances on the Camino has a lot to do with what, where your mind is at the moment. So sometimes a kilometre will go fast and sometimes it will just drag on forever. So I look at it, the Camino kilometres aren't real. They're just a number somebody stuck in a guidebook. 
Now, you know where you're going today, and it doesn't matter. How long it's going to take you to get there, it doesn't matter. So the kilometres themselves uh, aren't really real. It's sort of a guideline to give you a rough idea, but that's about all. So how do you, if you see a sign that says eight kilometres to the next town, how do you how do you react when you see that sign? Do you think, oh, well, there's eight k's to go, or do you think, oh, well, I won't worry too much about that. I'll make my own mind up when I've got there. Um, I do must admit that when I look at the the guideposts and see the distances, I automatically transfer that to time, not distance. So if I see eight kilometres, I go, oh, yeah, maybe two hours. So that's how I look at that, not the actual distance itself, but how long it's going to take me to do it. And that allows me to factor in all sorts of things, rest breaks, stopping for meals um, and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting in those videos you talk about, and you might just explain what you mean by, the unpredictable nature of the Camino. Yes. So my bushwalking experiences has always been about following topographical maps. So you can look at a map, work out what, how you're going to get there and what's going to be like on the way. But with the Caminos, they don't follow any logical route. They, they meander a lot. They follow the obvious routes, whether they be farm tracks or besides major highways or even just uh, wilderness trails through things. So you think you'll know where you're going to go. You look at a trail ahead of you, look, oh, yes, as I said, goes down that stream, along that valley, up that ridge line and through that gap. And like I said, it's not going to happen. It will take off somewhere totally unpredictable. <laughs> and, and that's where I like it. That's the part of the adventure is not knowing where you're going. You, know, you can look at a guidebook and say, oh, yes, that's where I'm going. But when you're on the ground, it's a different thing altogether. The same could be said of life, couldn't it? Yes, very much so. Oh, without a doubt, uh, I could say this with all sincerity. My greatest adventure has been the 40 years I've spent with my wife. Um, and we, you know, the adventure has just been fantastic. You know, growing up together, uh, when I say growing up together, we met when we were 20. Um, you know, our children and going through life's adventure not knowing where it's going to go. This year is a classic example, not knowing where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. Some days you're easier than others too. Yes, very much so. <laughs> you also say in the video, the Camino is the best fun you can have with your clothes on. Oh, definitely. <laughs> just, just the adventure. But, there yeah. were, but, Peter, but there'll be people listening saying, hang on, walking 30Ks every day and sleeping in a room with 30 other people doesn't sound like fun. But you're selling a concept here that needs serious selling, aren't you? Yes. As I said before, it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. Yes. Yeah. That's what adventure is all about. Yeah, it, the, the things you can share later with like-minded people who you've done it with. One of the things that our little Nuestrius Familia Descenderos does is we chat all the time. There's a group of us, you know, uh, a Facebook chat um, room we have where we just talk about life, and they're from all over the world. So it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah let's talk about um, fitness, or, and, and not just fitness of of getting yourself prepared, but fitness of body, mind, and spirit. Oh, what, what have you learned about those, I suppose, three key personal endeavours, body, mind, and spirit? How do you get fit in your mind and, and your spirit as well as your body? 
One thing walking does, it gives you a lot of headspace and you think about all sorts of things and you mull over things and you occasionally come up with good solutions to problems. And after a while, you start to develop that concept of a, any problem can be dealt with given enough time to think about it. And walking gives it a chance, especially on a Camino when you've got so much time, to think about things as well as um, the spiritual development by being able to look around and look at things and say, isn't that fantastic? One of the things we try to teach our young people is, you know, if you can look at a tree and say, that is absolutely amazing and wonderful, you're on your way. You're starting to understand how beautiful this world is. So, yes, a Camino does develop you in body, mind and spirit. Wow, great line. Yeah, I suppose if you can see the beauty in something as simple as a tree, for all, of, for, for all its simplicity, yet all its complexity, it is oh, truly beautiful, yeah. That's true. There was a show on in the 90s called Jane of Arcadia, and it was about this girl in the Valley Girl in California, and she kept running into God, and, and God kept asking her to do things for him. And when they first met, um, she said to him, you're God, are you? He said, yes. And she said, all right, show me a miracle. And God said, all right, there's a tree. And Jane said, that's not a miracle. And God said, yeah, you do it. (laughs) So the the beauty of being able to look at nature and natural things, as well as um, constructed features that people have made and seeing the beauty and love they put into them is uh, very valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a great story. You also talk... Uh, on the videos about making lots of mistakes and learning from them. You do. Humility is one of the greatest teachers you can ever have. When you make a mistake or make an error, you you have to say, I did that, I'm responsible for it, I will fix it. And it teaches you all sorts of things. Obviously, the greatest mistake we made when Leo and I first did our first Camino into Pamplona from St. Jean-Pierre de Port, we had way, way too much stuff. And so we got rid of a whole lot of stuff and sent it home. I think we took about five kilos each out of our packs. And then when we got further on, we showed, oh, we don't need all this other stuff either. So we got rid of more stuff. And it came down to the realisation that when you do a Camino or in walk, look at what you're going to carry and say, if you're thinking that you're going to need it, don't take it. If you know you're going to need it, take it because as everyone says the Camino provides it does so what sort of things were you throwing out oh heavy jumpers for instance um a heavy sleeping bag which I didn't need um I sent a laptop home I thought why am I carrying a laptop um things like that things you don't need on the Camino basically my Camino pack now consists of um a very lightweight sleeping bag a inner sheet, wet weather gear, a change of good clothes to wear at night, a couple of chains to underwear and a pair of pyjamas, and plus water bottles and something to carry food in, and that's it. So my pack, I think, is between six and seven kilos, uh, depending on how much water I'm carrying, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's easy. That's no dramas. Six or seven kilos is well within the, the parameters of what we're advised when you talk about 10%, don't the people say don't carry any more than 10% of your body weight, which is not a bad rule of thumb. No, it's not bad. So that kind of works. 
Yeah. You say on the video, play nice, be safe, you are loved. You are loved. People will often forget that, yeah. Um, people love you. They do. They, you may not realise it, you may not, but there are a lot of people that do look at you and, um, yeah, you are loved. So, yeah, and be nice and play safe is a way to go about doing all these sort of things. It, um, it makes people look at you because it's all about, again, back to being allowed to be yourself. And that's how that really works. How's that? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I think if, 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 you, if you were to conduct yourself uh, on a day-to-day basis at home and or on the Camino with that simple philosophy, play nice, be safe, you are loved, the world would be a lot better place, wouldn't it? It certainly would be. And that's another thing I love about the Caminos. I don't think there was anyone I met on the Camino that I didn't want to be friends with. Uh, the, the mindset of people who walk to Camino is pretty wonderful. Why do you think that is? I think it's because they're out there, as I said, time and space, and they're willing to let people be themselves because they want to be allowed to be themselves. So, again, they just accept people as they are without judgment, without any sort of um, perception going on. Yeah. What? Yeah. What do you make then of the global uh, Camino community, the the pilgrims around the world? What 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 do you get? What vibe do you get from that that sensibility? Uh, Definitely peace, without a doubt. You get the people. um, So from the Camino, I have friends um, in Ireland, in the Netherlands, the United States, in Canada, obviously in Australia. Okay, and we get this idea that, you know, this is how the world would be really, really nice to be rather than um, materialistic and self-centred, if that follows. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> that's a very good answer. So, so let's, let's take ourselves back to the Camino. You're walking along with some friends from Ireland and or the Netherlands, and what are you talking about? Um... What do we talk about? We talk about our lives, our friends. We talk about where we're going to go, what we're going to eat. You know? And it's very much the let us do this attitude, let's do this, and it's inclusive together. So that's a very uh, positive thing. And enjoying the adventure together too. I very much believe that adventures need to be shared. Um, when I did the English, I did it on my own and it didn't have the same vibe as walking with somebody else and sharing an adventure. I sort of had the idea that I was ticking a box and I didn't like that at all. Hmm. How interesting. Do you have a favourite Camino? No. I thought about that. They're all different and they've all got their own magic and wonders along the way, so. I can't say I have a favourite one. I must admit San Salvador and the Primitivo were the most spectacular. Um, I'd even ride, just because of the, the vistas, um, I, live, I live and do a lot of bushwalking in the mountains, so mountainous terrain to me is very nice. And the Primitivo was just mountainous vistas, although it was wet and cold a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, what have you learned about yourself in your Camino journey? I think I've grown very much about um, I am who I am and I try to improve on that. So sort of what can I do to make myself a better person? Uh, Obviously going for walks is a very good one and I think uh, the humility is starting to kick in more and more, which I I rather like because it expands my horizons to things I don't know. So you get to the stage on the Camino where, um, yeah, you go through those four methods of learning where you start up where you don't know you don't know and then you know you don't know and then you know you know and you finally get to the stage where you don't know you know. <laughs> stop it. Stop, stop, and, stop, stop. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait a second. Take us through those again. Okay. The four stages are you don't know you don't know and then you know you don't know and then you know you know and then you get to the stage where you don't know you know. <laughs> it's when you start automatically doing things without thinking about them. Yeah, that's great. I've never heard that before. That's awesome. Yeah, sorry, Peter, I interrupted you. Go on. That's okay. Um, where were we? Learning, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about myself? Yeah, I think they were the main things I learned about myself. There's so much that I don't know yeah. in this world and it's so- – I, I discovered one thing about the Camino. I mean, we did the first Camino. We just called it Camino de Santiago. And then I discovered all these other Caminos that are out there. And after I discovered them, I discovered the Grand Routes throughout Europe. So I sort of got this list in the back of my mind that I wouldn't mind doing a few more than other Grand Routes. When I do, I don't know. But at the moment, I'm quite happy just walking Caminos. There's still quite a few of them left to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you've learned about yourself. What have you learned about others? Other people are great. Other people have got qualities that I have. They don't know the same things I don't know. They can do things that I can't do and you can learn so much from them. Tell us about arriving in Santiago de Compostela. Sorry about which? Tell us about arriving in Santiago de Compostela. Arriving? Yeah, very emotional. Each time you walk into that plaza, it's very emotional, without doubt. That great feeling of accomplishment, no matter if you've only done the 120 of the English or you've done the, the Portuguese or the Francis, there's an incredible feeling, emotional feeling of accomplishment, of a very much a spiritual realisation that you've done something, and that's great. A great opportunity to acknowledge your accomplishment, your achievement. Yes, but also acknowledge the people who'd help me do it. Like I said, our little Nuestros Familia de Senderos, we help each other and we do it together. And it's, I will always say, it's so much better doing it with someone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. They say your Camino begins after you've arrived in Santiago. Is, how has been your experience or what has been your experience? Definitely coming home, um, as I said, there was a fair bit of grieving and mourning at the end of the first one and probably at the end of the others also. How do you deal with that then? Oh, you don't stop. 
very simple, yeah. Like I said, I do a lot of walking, a lot of headspace, keep in contact with uh, my Camino companions, uh, keep doing things. That's how you deal with that. You acknowledge that it happened and be very happy it happened rather than mourning that it, it's over. Yeah. Where are your compostellas? Ah, they're on my wall in front of me at the moment. That's where they are. So you, you, you've got a kind of like a whole wall full of them, haven't you, and framed? Yes, a wall full of framed compostellas and also my credentials, little stamps on are up there from each Camino I've done. Uh, I'm definitely running out of wall space. <laughs> what do you think when you look up at them? Oh, how great it all was. Yeah, each one of them has got its own memories. Um, the people who I walked with, it's been a few, like I said, our group. We've walked a few Caminos together. And it's just, you know, brings back those memories of how great it was. And that one day we'll do it again. And I wonder uh, when you, you sort of cast your eye up at, at all of it, are you surprised that this pilgrimage has had such a big impact in your life when you perhaps didn't even know about it only a handful of years ago? Yes. I am surprised at the impact it did have on me, really, um, how much fun it was, how much we enjoyed it, how much we discovered about ourselves and each other, and how great our horizons got expanded by doing these things. Yeah. You've done a lot of walking, a lot of walking, and a lot of writing about the Camino. What's one piece of advice you give to somebody thinking of walking? My initial advice would be go and do it, but don't have any expectations. Really just take the Camino as it comes you know, each day and take it a day at a time. Uh, I must admit, when I initially set out from St. Jean-Pierre de Port, what we were setting out to achieve seemed to be a bit overwhelming sometimes. But when we got the idea of let's just do it a day at a time and take each day as a Camino on its own, it became so much easier and less overwhelming, and we enjoyed it more because we were being in the moment every day. Yeah, that's great advice, yeah, in the moment. I like that. Uh, Tell us a Camino story, Peter. A Camino story. Um, Okay. Um, As I said, we met a lot of great people on on the way and how we met them on the way. Let me tell you a story about a lovely young lady we met called Kirsty. We, Leo and I were walking into Azofra and it had been over 30 degrees. We'd done 25 k's that morning and we were hot and sweaty and tired and we walked into the Kalamea through Azofra and there was this couple sitting on our doorstep and Leo and I were just talking and this young lady spoke up and said, Oh, thank goodness, Australians. I hadn't heard an Australian accent in a week. And we got talking with her. And she said at one point, so where did you come from? And we were, our minds were blank. We, said, oh, we don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't think of it at the moment. And she said, well, how far have you come? And again, I said, oh, I don't know. We just don't know. We haven't thought about it yet. And we were hot and we were tired, we were sweaty. All we want to do is find a bed, have a shower and get a beer somewhere. And she said, so you don't know where you came from, you don't know how far you walked, and she was starting to get a bit angry. And I could feel the tension starting to rise. 
And just off the top of my head, I say, yeah, well, we don't live in the past. And that just broke the ice. It cracked her up. And from then on, she became one of our dearest friends. She uh, was with us all the way to Santiago de Compostela. Uh, we didn't exactly walk every day together or stay at the same place, but we knew where each other was via, obviously, Facebook Messenger. So we kept in contact and kept up to date, and we walked into Santiago together. It was great, really fantastic experience. Oh, I love it. And she became a very dear friend. She still is. Um, the January afterwards, Lou and I went down to Victoria and met up with Kirsty and three of her great friends who had also walked Camino. And we spent three days walking the Grampians High Peaks Walk. And it was great. It was the best debrief you could ever do. We rehashed the Caminos and we drank Vino Tinto every night and it was just a magical walk. <laughs> Kirsty, how lovely. That's a great story. I love a quote. You know, I always start and finish my uh, interviews with a quote. And there's a great quote from J.R.R. Tolkien on your website. Not all of those who wander are lost, but all who are lost wonder. Do you ever get lost, Peter? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's part of the game. Not permanently, obviously, because I'm sitting here. But, yeah, occasionally you do get misplaced, Yeah. So that's uh, one of the things. And then you just have to think your way out of it. It's one of those things. That's where keeping a sense of humour is very, very valuable. Um, we've had times in the Flinders Ranges on an exercise of Operation Flinders where we've got lost. And I've said to the youth, you know, this is part of the game. Yeah? Well, one of the things you really got to keep in the back of your mind is that uh, lots of people um, plan for things. And when a plan doesn't work... Uh, here's a quote that goes. It goes, uh, a plan is a uh, vision of the future. And what gets people into trouble is when reality doesn't meet the plan, they stick to the plan. So what you've got to do is, again, just be humble and say, it didn't work, let's fix it. And that's where your sense of humour really must come in. You must be able to keep keep smiling and fix it. Yeah. You want to hear a Camino joke? Go ahead. Okay, what do you call a dog that walks a Camino? I don't know. El Perro Grino. <laughs> that's terrible. That is terrible. So, Peter, uh, what's one word you'd use to sum up the Camino experience for you? Just one word. Magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about... Being lost, uh, being found is kind of cool too, isn't it? It is, especially when you find yourself. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll finish by saying uh, I think it's great that you've found this, this, this something very special in your life and you're able to share it with others. Why do you, why do you sit down and, 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 Type away at, at your your blog, lightenthetripfantastic.travel.blog. What, why? What motivates you to do that? I like to inspire people to get out there and see how great the world is. It really is a lovely place. A lot of people are having this vision of the world being nasty and horrible and people are out to get you and all this, but it's not like that at all. It really is a magical, wonderful place. I think it's a lot better for people like you, to be honest. We could do, 
We could do with a few more Peter Thomases in the world with that kind of attitude, I can tell you. Oh, thank you. I hope that this is the sort of thing I hope to pass on to our youth on Operation Flinders too, that there is a big world out there. Go and find it. Yeah. There's a big world out there. Go find it. Hey, Peter, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks for your energy and your scholarship. And and I look forward to our paths crossing at some stage. That would be great. It would be really great. Um, Who knows? Caminos next year, we get an effective vaccine and we're allowed to leave the country. We'll see what's happening out there. Yeah, my word. I can't wait. Any plans I have and... See what happens. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Buen Camino. Thank you, Dan. Buen Camino. My guest this week, the Australian pilgrim Peter Thomas. You can find Peter, his writing, videos, photographs and more at lightenthetripfantastic.travel.blog. Lightenthetripfantastic.travel.blog. A new world awaits, a world of hope and beauty. We'll see off 2020 and move on. The American evangelist and host of the Hour of Power, Robert H. Schuller, said once, let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. I hope you find what you're looking for somewhere along the way. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Buen Camino.